Welcome to the Pick and Roll NBA podcast. In today's episode, we will discuss the thrilling game between the Lakers and the Mavericks, highlighting dominating performances by Luka Doncic and LeBron James. We will also give our takes on the showdown between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, along with teams that have pleasantly surprised us and some teams that haven't. And don't forget our picks for the upcoming game of the week. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Rockwood, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric Holmes. Eric, how's your week been? Um, couldn't be better as a Laker fan. Yeah, seriously. I, I bet you're just on cloud nine right now. Oh, I mean, it's been amazing. It's been a, a fun first six games. Well, yeah, we're going to start right off with the Lakers today because we witnessed the best game of the season so far and one of my favorite games in recent history uh the the Mavericks and the Lakers played this weekend and it went into overtime and the Lakers ended up coming out on top Eric what were your thoughts from that game I mean you're right maybe maybe it's just because it's been so long since we since we've had NBA basketball but that game was a ton of fun. LeBron was playing at a high level, something we haven't seen really since um, since he left Cleveland. And Luca, Luca was playing unreal. Yeah, I mean, we we all love Luca, and we know the talent that he has and the ceiling that he can reach. Um, I saw a meme that says. Watching Luca play LeBron is like watching Kobe when he first came into the league play MJ. Do you see that type of comparison with those two, or is that a little too much? Heck no. <laughs> Don't ever put Luca in the same conversation as LeBron, Kobe, or MJ. But let's, Luca went toe to toe with LeBron, though. He's looking good, but he's too, he's too whiny, bro. He's too whiny? Yeah, for example, he started flopping, and because of his flop, he went and nailed uh, Dwight Howard's cheek. Dwight wasn't even touched, and he's over here, like, ba- pretty much concussed himself and bleeding. <laughs> that's, that's all because he's a little European white boy flopper. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. He's like the soccer players over there, dude. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, I guess I guess he is a flopper, but I was just super impressed with him. I feel like he has taken just a huge step forward this year. Um on the year through five through six games, the Mavs are four and two, and he's averaging twenty-six points. Uh, 10 assists and nine boards and so I just think that's an unreal uh, first couple weeks for Luka Doncic I don't know if he can sustain it for the 82 games but I think he's definitely an all-star this year and he's on track to become one of the future superstars of the league yeah it's crazy he's what 20 21 years old and He's already able to carry a franchise. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I guess what do you take away from the Lakers in that win? I, we had some some guys really step up. Obviously, Danny Green with the game tying three to send it into overtime. LeBron, like you said, just went crazy. Old vintage LeBron. Uh, what what do you get out of that grinded out victory from the Lakers and just so far this season with their five and one record? Yeah, it was a really impressive win. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is how well Dwight's been playing. Dwight's been really unreal. Um, easily the biggest bang for your buck contract is he's playing day to day basically, and uh, he's been putting out. He's been able to be to be super efficient. Hardly ever takes a bad shot. Never asks for the ball in the post. Defends well, and is a monster on the boards. You know, he's really all you could ask for with his contract with and just with the history of, of what he's done with the organization and in the league. It's really impressive to see that he's turned it around. Do you think Kobe's opening his arms to Dwight yet? Oh, Kobe and Shaq are both welcoming in back to the fold. Anytime that somebody brings the Lakers back into prominence, all former Lakers are willing to bring him back in with open arms. <laughs> Unless your name's... D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo's <laughs> <laughs> still bitter. <laughs> like I said, it's just, a, it's just such a fun game, and I look forward to more games like this. That that would be so cool if these two teams match up in the playoffs. I think that would be How a great How do you think Kristaps uh, has been playing so far this year? I think he's been playing really well, especially considering that. Was he out all of last season or most of last season? Yeah, I heard a stat. He's he's been out for he's had six hundred like twenty two days of rest. Yeah, so he's been out forever. So taking that into consideration, I think he's been playing really well. Uh, obviously, he could be a little more aggressive, but that just comes with time as you're easing back in from an injury. But I think him and Luca together fit perfectly, and I think he's the perfect big man to put, like I said, alongside Luca. And I think the Mavericks. You know, we thought the Pelicans were, and the Kings were maybe going to fight for that eighth seed, but I think it's going to be the the Mavericks for sure. Yeah, I know. That race is uh, it's flipping around quite, quite quickly. The Kings have been a very, very slow start, and it's unfortunate that Zion got hurt. Ingram's been balling out, though. He really has. I'm he super excited about that. He's 40 tonight, but um, – I think it's I think it's really cool what what the Mavericks have done. I mean, I don't know. I called Luke out a couple minutes ago, but in all seriousness, yeah, it's a really good pairing. It's like a LeBron AD fit with Kristaps and and um, Luca. And I think it's really cool what the Mavericks have done. You know, having Dirk the last twenty years, embracing their their the European ball, and then really just doubling down on it and get grabbing Luca and Kristaps. It's that's pretty cool, pretty great idea for Mark Cuban to like capitalize on that. Especially when they brought Boban on board, too. <laughs> Never sleep on Boban. <laughs> the best. All right. So now that we talked about the that game last week and how good it was, we kind of want to look forward to this next week. And, Eric, out of the games that we have coming up this next week, what's one that really stands out to you? And when is it so that we can make sure that we put it on the calendar and watch it? So on Wednesday night on ESPN, the Bucks are playing the Clippers. Ooh. 
And so uh, Kawhi's been trying to cement himself as the best player in the NBA. And I think they're both looking to prove, you know, their dominance. And Kawhi kind of got the better of Giannis last time around in the playoffs. And I think Kawhi is someone that does – or, I mean, Giannis is someone that does not forget that. He's going to be relentless and he's going to keep on – He's gonna. I think he's going to try his best to, to show him what's up in this next game. Yeah, I mean, Giannis – has definitely picked up right where he left off last season, and so has Kawhi. They've both been playing super well. Um, but I just have a little – I don't know. The couple games I've watched of the Bucks, they just – to me, they just don't really look the same. I don't know if it's because they're missing Brogdon so much. But to me, just having Middleton as a second guy, and then after that, like, who do you go to? Is it Bledsoe or is it Lopez? Like – how much longer Giannis can just put this team on his back every single night. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, the man's only 24. (laughs) (laughs) He's the body of a Greek god. So I could see him putting putting the team on his back for another at least six to to seven years. (laughs) That's true. Me and Giannis are the same age. That's really sad to think about. I mean, it's incredible. That he's so good at such a young age. Yeah, that's that's insane. He's carrying an NBA team, and I can barely carry my intramural team. (laughs) (laughs) You did not carry our team, that's for sure. (laughs) All right, so my so who do you have winning that game? So it's the Clippers at home. It's the tough one, Um, but I don't know how well. The Clippers, I mean, the Clippers have dropped a couple of good games. One of the Suns, one of the Jazz, but that was when Kawhi was dressing. I don't know. I think it's going to be a toss-up. Um, but I'll choose the Clippers. I think they're a good team that, that's really gritty. I don't think their defense has been as good as it can be, and that's just something that you figure out with time. And I think they'll be able to get the better of Giannis and the Bucks this time around. What yeah. do you think? And, well, and the crazy thing is we honestly keep forgetting that one of the top 15 players in the league hasn't even played for them yet and one of the top wing defenders in the league. So it's just it's just crazy to think that they still have Paul George in their back pocket ready to come and play with them with how good they already are. It's just it's scary. Oh, but, for sure. But, yeah, I'll, I would take the Clippers on this one. I think their bench – will be the deciding factor. Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell just have such a great connection off the bench. And I think they'll both have big games, so I'll pick them. Um, the game I picked was the Jazz and the 76ers. Uh, the Jazz, they're 4-3, and three, and the Sixers are 5-0. and oh, And Embiid will be back from his suspension, his two-game suspension. I think the Jazz are a really interesting team. I think Donovan Mitchell's already kind of stepped up his game and asserted himself. And we know Mike Conley started off pretty bad, but he had a good game a couple games ago and dropped like 30. So he's just getting into it. The Jazz are at home. They're usually really good at home. So I think them against the Sixers will be a really good game. What do you think? Who do you think's winning that? Um, the Sixers are so big. It's unreal. They'll, they, they're really some – big bullies in there. They'll bruise you down low. The Jazz haven't been shooting that great. 
especially Mike Conley. Um, how do you think that they match up? I don't know if – do you think this matches up more in favor of the, the quicker, smaller Jazz or the bigger Sixers? Well, both teams have two of the top defenses in the league, and for good reason. I mean, the Jazz always have one of the top defenses, and this year, obviously, the Sixers with their length have a great defense. But I give the Jazz the offensive edge. I think, obviously, you put Gobert on an Embiid, and that's as good as you'll get at defending Embiid is putting Gobert on him. And I think Donovan Mitchell will have a really big night against Richardson. Um, yeah, I, I think the Jazz win this, especially at home. I think that they shoot a lot better at home, and the crowd gets super into it, and they usually go on some big runs. And so I take the Jazz at home in this one. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, I'm just going to take the Sixers, play a little devil's advocate. Um, I think that MB coming back from the suspension, uh, we'll get to the fight in a little bit, which is hilarious. But MB coming back from the suspension, I think they'll be able to, to pound him out. I don't know who's going to be able to have to guard a Horford. I don't know who's going to guard a Tobias. They're just they're gonna over. I think they're gonna overwhelm the Jazz, and I think that the size of their team will hurt Donovan Mitchell's performance as well as Mike Conley. And we've seen in the last couple of games when, when they when Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley are taken away, it's it's pretty hard for the Jazz to score. Yeah, and I mean speaking of Embiid, let's go right into it. The biggest news this last week, the most expensive hug ever. <laughs> yeah, he had Embiid and Towns get tangled up. They both got fined almost half a million dollars, and they're both out for two games. Uh, what did you think of, of the scuffle between the two? <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I love all that stuff. I love when it's super competitive like that where it gets heated and doesn't get to blows, but, you know, there's a heated exchange and – you know, there's bad blood afterwards, some funny Instagram exchanges after, and uh, there's going to be a great game coming up in March once they play each other again. It's going to be hilarious and really fun to watch out for. So who do you take in a real fight, Embiid or Towns? I mean, Embiid is just a brick wall. I have to take Embiid in a fight. <laughs> I feel like he'd snap cat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he I mean, you saw you saw Ben Simmons hop on top of him and start choking him out. <laughs> I know, which is so weird because last season they were talking about how they play Fortnite together, Simmons and Towns, and now Simmons is trying to choke him out from behind. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just crazy. Like to me, the only thing I didn't like afterwards is when Embiid was like trying to troll him and like acting like he was throwing punches to the crowd. He was, like, putting up his hands like he wanted to fight. You know Embiid's not going to ever throw any punches. Yeah, I I feel like, you know, he loved it. He was getting the crowd hyped. But at the end of the day, and and obviously we know he's one of the most crazy personalities in the league, especially on social media. Do you think for the NBA as a whole that this was embarrassing or was it good for the league? Um, I'd say, I'd say it's good for the league. 
it wasn't like it wasn't anything like the Malice in the Palace where it's pretty destructive to the league where fans get involved, but it was I'm just so nice. Al's mom was trying to go at MV. <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> <into the Palace? laughs> I think it was just good, like super competitive. Obviously, you don't want it to escalate any further than it did right there. They kept it under wraps, and uh, it wasn't anything too serious. And I think it was. I think it's good. I think it it can only help. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that I got from this whole thing was that I loved that cat that Carl Anthony Towns actually got into it with someone. I've been wanting to see him be competitive for a long time. I feel like that's the one thing that's been holding him back is kind of just going after it and not giving a crap and just being super competitive. We've all heard that. I mean, Jimmy Butler you know, was talking about that his whole time in Minnesota, that he's just not competitive enough. And so at least to me, it showed a little bit of that edge. And I hope that he can carry that on through the season. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's averaging like 27 a game and 11 rebounds, and he's shooting 40% from three. And so it's just crazy how good he's playing right now. I think he's been playing really well, and it was good to just see him get a little fired up about something. Oh, I, I 100% agree. All we need to see is Andrew Wiggins have that same fire and passion now. <laughs> that will never happen, let's be honest. <laughs> that will never happen. Um, so speaking of kind of the the game and, and the NBA and just kind of how it's involving, you know, all the social media and everything that's happening nowadays, it was kind of crazy because Pau Gasol was just quoted talking about how the beauty has kind of been taken out of the game and it's all about hoisting up threes and trying to shoot the fastest that you can and just running like crazy up and down the court. And I don't know, I think he's got a little bit of a point, but at the same time, I feel like he's just a little salty because his play style obviously doesn't fit that. Uh, I don't know, what do you get from from Powell's quote? You know, I'd have to agree. <laughs> you have to um, evolve with the times. And right now it's just so much – it just makes so much more sense to get the highest percent shot. You're not – you don't want to take a 18-foot jumper when you could step back five feet and take a three-point shot instead. And so – or, or drive to the lane and try to force a layup. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I feel, like I said, his – his style of play just doesn't fit the NBA. And I think he's just one of those grumpy old guys that's getting, <laughs> getting mad at the new style. Oh, yep. You got to, you got to adapt. <laughs> so let's, let's move on to some surprises from the first couple of weeks and especially talking about teams in specific and kind of some teams that have crept up on us and also some teams that, have really disappointed us thus far. And the first team we can start off with is the obvious one in the West, and that's the Phoenix Suns. And what do you think about them? I mean, they're without DeAndre Ayton, uh, but they're still doing really well. They're five and two now. They just gave the Sixers their first loss tonight. How do you feel about them? I mean, as we're recording, it's the they took down the Sixers, which is super impressive. Um, I think Monty Williams is doing a great job down in Phoenix. 
he's uh, taking this roster, which I, I didn't have any faith in. I took the under on them, but they're proving me wrong so far. And uh, he's he's making them into a really good team. Ricky Rubio seems like a fantastic signing. He's put, putting everyone in their, into their spots. And, you know, he's allowing the offense to operate how it should. And it seems like they've all been taken off since then. Yeah, they're now 5-2, and two, and Devin Booker went off for 40 points tonight on a great shooting night. And I don't know, I just think that, that they got it going right now. Do, do you think this is sustainable, though? I mean, an 82-game season is, is a long time, especially in the Western Conference where every night you're just going to be playing somebody good. Do you think they make the playoffs? You know, I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think they they win at the same pace that, that they're winning at right now. But that doesn't mean that they won't be a successful team this year. I think they'll be in the low low 40s for wins. Um, I think they're exceeding expectations for sure right now. But I think that'll catch up to them a little bit. But, I mean, it's obviously great progress for them all. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's switch gears and go to the East then with the team that surprised us. And I have the Miami Heat. So the Heat are five and one right now. And Jimmy Butler didn't even play the first couple games. He had a he had a child and he just made his debut. And they're they're killing it. What do you think of the Heat so far? Uh, so I I get back on Sunday afternoon and and I look at the scores and they're beating. Uh, the Rockets by 41 points in the middle of the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was blown away. I was like, wow. But it just goes to show um, the heat culture. You know, they're all about defense. They're all about grinding and working their hardest, playing, never taking a possession off. And they have so many guys that are good defenders. They can play multiple positions. And I think it's, it's starting to pan out for them. Jimmy Butler you know, was was uh, criticized a little bit for going to Miami when it, it was looking like he was, like, just joining the kind of a bad team. But they're definitely turning the corner. I could see them being top four seeds in the Western Conf- or in the Eastern Conference for sure. Yeah, it's been really cool to see these players really step up. You know, we all we all like Tyler Hero, especially in the summer league, seeing him light it up. And he's been continuing to give them some some great uh, minutes and, and scoring. And then Kendrick Nunn is just one of the coolest stories by far of the season, you know, undrafted. And he scored the most points in the first five games out of any undrafted player ever. And, I mean, obviously it's going to get a little harder for him as the season goes on because teams are going to start to game plan for him and watch film on him. Uh, obviously, as they see that he's continuing to score, they're they're going to make adjustments to him. But you always just love hearing those stories of those guys that, you know, didn't have a chance, but they end up overcoming the odds and just doing really well. Yeah, grabbing Tyler Hero and, and Kendrick, it's – it's really a super good pairing, super good drafting from Miami. They've been incredible the last couple of years to shape out this roster with only really grabbing Jimmy Butler in the offseason, in the last couple offseasons. Um, I, I also saw a stat that 
that through the first five games, the the pair or the rookie pair of Tyler Hero and Kendrick, they're they've they're the second highest scoring pair together, only to Wilt in some no name. Wilt scored like 182. The other dude scored six points. <laughs> so I mean, you can't really ever compare yourself to Wilt, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And I, and I also love Bam Adebayo. I think he's been making great strides to especially be a, a force on the defensive end in the paint. You know, he's just crazy athletic. And I think in the next couple of years, we can see him up there as a defensive player of the year candidate for sure. Oh, for sure. So let's talk about a couple of teams that haven't met the expectations that we thought they would. Uh, going into the season and I guess we can all start with the Pelicans <laughs> they're just looking terrible I mean obviously the whole Zion thing was was really bad for them but they're at five and one right or one and five right now and they just don't look good the only good thing that that is going for them is Brandon Ingram's balling out but other than that it's just it's terrible yeah, um, it's it's sad. I I have like a little heart in the Pelicans organization purely because I just spent the last couple of years investing so much of my time following Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and I mean they're flourishing a little bit, but they're not getting they're not getting it done. So, I don't. Do you think Zion puts him over the top? Do you think he's the difference? And do you think he'll be able? Or Andrew Holiday, I guess, has been out a little bit in Derek favors. Do you think they put them over the top and help them? you know, edge out those couple of victories and maybe swing around their season? I think that Zion will make a big impact. And I think especially with Drew Holiday being completely healthy, but especially being in the Western Conference, I mean, Zion still doesn't come back for a month or two. And if they keep going like this, it's going to be too late to even think about the playoffs. Uh, if they keep winning at this pace. So I think, yeah, they'll they'll definitely win more games when he comes back. It will be exciting. And he can maybe even still win Rookie of the Year if he just goes crazy. But as far as their success as a team and trying to go for the playoffs, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I think they're – they're with their slow start in the competitive West, I think they're they're pretty much – eliminated from the playoffs it'll be a quite the second half or the quite the last two-thirds of the season for them to be able to make it yeah so another team that we're kind of in the Mavericks spot last year who were really surprising everybody and and doing really well and overachieving with the roster they had was the Kings they had a great season last year with all their young talent so we thought maybe that this year it would just continue to build and move forward. But they have just been playing absolutely terrible. And things in Sacramento are just not looking good. Uh, yeah, what do you think of the Kings so far? Um, I think Marvin Bagley is so essential to what they do. It's really hard to, to, to like, judge them for what they've, what they've been doing so far. But, I mean, they had a decent win against the Jazz, the last second tip in to win. But, no, they've they've been underachieving for sure. Their offense is cluttered. 
Their defense is cluttered. Nobody really looks like they're motivated to play. Um, you know, I this is a kind of a tangent. It goes back to the Warriors, but let me hear what you think about this. So I don't I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's it's definitely not my place to say, but you know, I don't think Steve Kerr's that great of a coach. <laughs> No, there's been a so, lot of people saying that. You're not alone on, on this. This may be just because of the first couple of games. He's not, he doesn't have a star-studded lineup, but, you know, hear me out for a second. Luke Walton pretty much had a, like, he, what was he, 23-0? and 0? Yeah. When he coached the Warriors for, those, for that stint, Mike Brown pretty much went undefeated when he coached when Steve Kerr was taking that time off in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, like, look where Luke Walton is now. He had the Lakers for three years, didn't do much with them. He now has the Kings not doing much with them. You know, it's seeming more and more like <laughs> with a team that didn't practice in the Warriors just because they were so talented that, that you know, anybody could win with the Warriors and how good they were. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I hate to see that Steph gets hurt, but this would have been a really great time to see his coaching ability. Um, if they had like a full, fully healthy roster. Well, I definitely think that Steve Kerr dodged a bullet this year with all the injuries, because I, I totally agree. I thought we were going to definitely see what he's made of, especially just having Curry and uh, Draymond and then D'Angelo Russell. But with Curry being out for as long as he is and with Draymond saying he's hurt now, I I mean, you can't blame the Warriors for losing games now. And so you can't really point fingers at Kerr for the losses that they're going to take. So I, I, do, I do agree with you. But at the same time, we're never going to know the season because they don't, they don't have their players. Oh, 100%. Next season's going to be big. Do you think that they, if they, like, land a top five draft pick, do you think they try to swing that draft pick like a – Steph Clay time period player or do you think they stick it out and draft the player and try to develop him to me it really depends if they keep D'Angelo Russell this season I think if they keep him then they keep the draft pick but I think if they trade him away and get some good young players I think that they'll try to go for a third uh, superstar with that it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see um if they package D'Lo in the uh, a top pick to see what they could get oh, for maybe because yeah. you never know what happens. Someone could be disgruntled by the end of the season and dang this off season, like it doesn't seem like much is gonna happen, but the Warriors can flip a switch and they have a pretty nice package to offer. Exactly. And we're already hearing the rumblings about Giannis maybe wanting out of Milwaukee at the end of the season and you never know. You know the Warriors will be knocking right out his door as soon as free agency starts trying to get him on board for real everybody will though <laughs> <laughs> seriously though so the last thing I want to talk about is the Rockets and you know we have the the Westbrook and Harden reunion this year right now they're sitting at three on three or three of three on the season uh, we know that Harden exploded for the 60 point game but if you look at his numbers so far, he's only shooting 21% from three. He's shooting 13 threes a game and only making two of them. 
but he's also averaging 16 free throws a game. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you what do you think of the Rockets so far this season and kind of the dynamic with Harden and Westbrook? Do you think it's better than the dynamic with Harden and Chris Paul or or what? So far, no. But they haven't had time to gel. If you give them more time, I think it'll be it'll look a lot better. But none of them. I mean, neither of those guys care to play defense. <laughs> so when they're on the court. Like you'll see, the Wizards threw up 158 points. The Miami Heat were up by 41 in the middle of the second quarter. <laughs> so, it, I mean, there's definitely a lot of things they need to figure out. It's a. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty biased. I do not like James Harden that much. I don't respect the way he plays. Obviously, he's a great player. I'll I'll give him that, but. Do you not, think he's the most talented offensive player in the league? Just straight, like, scoring, ways to score, how to score? Um, no. Who Who's better at, at just pure offensive skills than James Harden? I'd take Steph over James Harden. Really? Yeah. James Harden, I think Steph elevates the team. I think James Harden raises – raises like the the floor and Steph raises the ceiling if that makes sense yeah no that makes sense I think that James Harden dribbling 50 times at the top of the key it's effective I mean I'm not gonna say it's not because look where they've been in the regular season the past couple of years but Steph he he draws so much gravity he's moving the ball he's getting keeping people um engaged he plays – I mean, he's not the best defensive player, but he's usually trying to make the right rotations. And uh, I just – I would take Steph over James Harden. Yeah, I think so far the the dynamic with the Rockets – I know Harden and Westbrook really enjoy each other. They like each other. They're friends. And they definitely have chemistry off the court. But on the court – their styles just do not mesh at all. I feel like for Harden to be, for a team that Harden is on to ever be a championship contender, it would have to be with like a legit wing player that can shoot threes and play defense, like Paul George. Like if Paul George was was with James Harden, I think that would be a perfect fit, or like Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant. Any of those three guys with James Harden, I think works perfectly. But with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, I just, those just aren't good fits for the way Harden plays. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. They they need the, the two-way wing players. And I mean, Eric Gordon's a good a good player, but he's not much of a wing. Yeah. Yeah, and the Daniel House. <laughs> I don't see the Rockets defense getting any better, especially with their with their head coach who Mike D'Antoni, who's I mean, famous for not caring about defense at all. And, <laughs> I mean, obviously they're first in pace in the league. They put up the most shots in the NBA and they they're up and down the court the quickest out of any team. But I don't know. They're they're going to be in the playoffs. 
I mean, they're going to figure it out enough to be in the playoffs, but I think it might be another repeat year where we just see Harden burn out in the playoffs and they, they lose. At what point, as a say you were in the Rockets front office, at what point do you blow it up? After another early early exit this season, I say if they don't make it, explore? if they don't make it to the Western Conference Finals this year, I'm blowing it up. Really? Yeah. Or do you I mean, look to shop? Do you look to shop Russell Westbrook or James Harden or both? Or what do you what do you do as the front office man- manager? I mean, I don't think you ever shop James Harden. He's one of the top five players in the NBA, in my opinion, and the best just all around scorer in the NBA. So I would never shop Harden but I would definitely shop Westbrook and maybe even at this point, Gordon or Tucker and trying to get an all-star wing to be with him. Yeah. I mean, they they played a completely different style of basketball. Mike D'Antoni didn't reach a contract agreement. So maybe they, they blow it up in the sense of they just change their identity, change who they are, what kind of, what kind of uh, offense they play or, or what kind of team they run. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure to see how things pan out with them this season and and really what happens going forward with the Rockets and especially with Daryl Morey after everything he's been through this year. <laughs> quick, quick question for you. I guess just quick observation, and I want to see what you think. Um, kind of going off of someone who recently hasn't cared about defense, um, LeBron. What do you think about LeBron and – the effort he's put onto the defensive floor this year and like how how much of a chance do you think he has to win MVP at this rate? Well, I mean, he posted all over Instagram revenge season, and I think he's really taken it that way. I think LeBron's more motivated than he's been in a long time. And you can definitely see that it's starting on the defensive end. He's actually caring about defense that play was incredible against the Mavericks when I forgot who was driving. He was on the left side helping on defense and somebody was driving down the right side of the lane and they tried to skip the pass and he grabbed it with one hand and went coast to coast and banged on somebody on the other end. And that's just like (laughs) old vintage LeBron that everybody just loved. And I think having, he's never had somebody like Anthony Davis on his team. Like, yeah, he's had Kyrie, he's had Kevin Love, but he's never had somebody as talented as Anthony Davis. And I think just the fact that he does have AD and that he doesn't have to be the number one guy every single night, that that's just energizing him like crazy. And it's been really it's been really fun seeing LeBron really try on both ends. And obviously it's working as they've started off 5-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's famous for – for load managing in the game. And uh, with AD, with that complement of AD, he's allowed to to go so much harder for a less for a smaller period of time because AD can take over just as much as he can. Yeah, yeah, it's just insane. And it's it's been cool, too, to see him average the most assists uh, through these first six games than he has his whole career. And... Who knows? We don't know if that's going to continue throughout the rest of the season, but that's definitely something to note that the best part of LeBron's game has always been his playmaking and his passing, which is crazy to think because of how much he scores and how good of a scorer he is. 
but it's also been really cool to just see him just dominate with the playmaking as well and making everybody around him better yet again. And when Kobe was in the league, I couldn't stand LeBron, I'll be honest, because they were always compared (laughs) to each other. And at first I wasn't too happy that he was coming to LA and I still will never buy his jersey or anything like that. But (laughs) it's, it's really good to see the Lakers relevant again and being at the top of the league. And I guess I'll, I'll be okay with cheering for LeBron. Hey, so I got a lot of, I got a lot of heat last week for, for um, not overreacting to KCP and his slow start. And my man pulled through against the Spurs. He was sliding his feet. <laughs> when I was watching that game, I was laughing because I was thinking about how much trash we were talking about KCP and how you were defending him. And I know you would defend any Laker player to your deathbed, but I'm still going to say KCP is not worth what he's paid. I don't care what he does. <laughs> oh, he's, he's not worth what he's making, but or he's playing better than what people make him out to be. Yeah, I guess. We'll see as the season progresses how. Keep your eyes open. Keep them peeled. (laughs) No, that's awesome. But, yeah, it's just been a great two opening weeks of the NBA season, and I'm just falling back in love with it and everything that, that goes on. And we're just super excited to continue to dive into things and see all the new storylines and the news that comes out. And how would you rate the the season, you know, these first two weeks and everything we expected coming into this year with all the new teams and mixes with the Warriors dynasty being over, has it exceeded your expectations with this season so far? Oh, 100%. Um, I easily put in the most hours that I ever have into an off season, just reading and listening and speculating. And uh, it's to see everything that's happening in the in the regular season, it's been so fun. I, I just am 100% immersed in the league. And to see everything that's going on, is, it's awesome. Especially with the Lakers' great start, it just adds the cherry on top, makes everything a bit sweeter. And so I hope that it will continue to, to be this entertaining. I hope that nobody else will have a big injury because it's so fun to see the league this competitive. Yeah, it really is. And – as long as the league's exciting, we'll keep on bringing you content because we love the NBA. And again, we're just very thankful for all you that have been giving us some good reviews on Apple Podcasts. We've had some great reviews uh, from some of our listeners, which has been really nice. And uh, we're continuing to climb in our numbers and the people that are listening. And it's just been really cool to see the amount of people that are giving us support. So thank you again. Just remember you can listen on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts and then as well as Anchor and a bunch of other different uh, platforms for podcasts. So It's been a ton of fun being on here. Let us know what, what, other, what other things you guys want us to talk about. Let us know when you want to hop on. We're more than happy to, to have some people on with us and talk about the game that, that we all enjoy so much. All right, guys, until next time, thank you so much. We'll see you next Tuesday, and have a great week.